Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Fantastic Four, directed by Josh Trank and released in 2015. The plot of the movie goes something like this. Transported to an alternate universe, four young outsiders gain superhuman powers as they alter their physical form in shocking ways. The four must learn to harness their new abilities and work together to save Earth from a former friend turned enemy. <laughs> Kinda? <laughs> Except not all four of them get transported. Like, Sue never goes to the alternate oh, universe. I know. It's pretty sad. Okay, so this movie, like, this has terrible buzz, right? Like, terrible, yeah, terrible. Yeah, like, really bad. Doldrums buzz. And it looked, it looked like nobody cared about making the movie. Like, all of the promotional stuff, everybody looked so bored mm. about it and bored to be in it, and nobody seemed to want to take... The director is disowning it. Yeah, nobody wants to take credit for it. So, I liked it more than I thought I would. Mm, yeah, but um, I mean, our expectations were basement low. Yeah. Like, 9% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. But the thing is, I actually thought sort of the first maybe hour mm. was kind of enjoyable. It was a little yeah. slow and like it seemed like every time an a the actors did a take, the director would be like, no, no, less. You're do giving me too much. I want it less. No, no, wait. Less. That's much too emotional. you got to play it down a little bit, you know? Yeah. Like it was I, especially um the the dad, the, ki the kids, the storm dad, Franklin. Yeah. He was just – Reggie Cathy. Yeah, I, I've seen him in other stuff. He's not a bad actor, but in this he was just wooden because every line reading was just delivered with absolutely nothing. I know. He has this incredible voice that's like trees shifting. It's yeah. amazing and like all this gravitas and he don't, goes nowhere with it. There's mm. a scene with him and Tim Blake Nelson early on that's supposed to be ominous where both of them are so under anything that you don't feel mm. anything at all. Yeah, that board meeting is just – like, there's just nothing going on. You're like, what's the point of this scene? And, and like, Tim Blake Nelson's whole characterization seems to be he chews gum a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Every scene he's in, just having chewing gum, which is weird because we're first introduced to another character who chews gum all the time, which is Ben. Mm. Ben also is introduced to somebody who chews gum a lot. So you're like, what are you saying? And every so often, I think we see some background characters chewing gum as well. It's weird. Like, yeah. did they have... As well as all the other products in this, was there a gum chewing product placement? <laughs> it's really odd, but it was really oh irritating God. me in every Tim Blake Nelson scene that he was just chewing gum while yeah. delivering his lines. And I was like, uh -huh, make it stop. Mm. Actually, at one point, uh, because of the way they get their powers, at one point, Doom kind of zaps Tim Blake Nelson. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought he was going to turn into gum. That's logical <laughs> for the way everybody else gets their powers. One yeah. of them gets hit by fire, so he turns into fire. One of them gets a bunch of rocks on him, so he, he turns, turns into, into a rock. <laughs> it's, it's just logic, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I, like you, I didn't hate it quite as much as I thought I would, particularly the beginning, but it was just one long string of cliches and bad dialogue. And then the ending, like there's all this build-up, all this origin stuff, and we even like the characters. I mean, they're good actors. Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara, Miles Teller, Jamie Bell are all really good actors and they do their best with some pretty bad material. And so you like them, but like not even that can save the ending of this movie, which is just – it seems like they realised that they needed to have a big boss battle at the end and they thought, oh, shit, how are we going to do that? And they have to get Doom back. And then 
we bring Doctor Doom in to have a big fight, but it was so underwhelming. He's gone for such a long time in the movie. Yeah, too. we just it's kind of like Iron Man too. Yeah, you just don't forget about him, and he comes back, and you're like, oh, okay. And the battle itself is really underwhelming. Yeah, very. No, the sta- I never felt any kind of stakes. It's the kind of thing where it seems like it's a pre-battle battle. Yeah, you so know, like they have to go yeah. get beaten and then go away and figure themselves out and then come back right, and, and exactly. team up to defeat him. Only there's no going away; they just shove it all into the same battle. And and poor and Reed it. has to give like a heroic speech right in the middle of it. Mm. And it's well, yeah, that's right. It is a pre-battle battle. It feels like because I, I looked at my watch and I was like, "There's only 20 minutes to go in this," and they've only just um, Doom was laying on the gurney in back at whatever Fantastic Four headquarters was called. And I was like, how do we have – we have 20 minutes left to wrap this up. There's not enough time. Yeah. Um, the thing is, okay, I found I found Reed really charming. Mm. I already like Miles Teller, but I thought he was adorable in this. Like, he was just really likable. So I was kind of – he was the only one who was really giving characterization out of the four of them. But I liked him. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, he, he was exactly what Reed Richards is – meant to be, which is, like, really smart with that arrogant air of dickishness, but still sort of, like, someone you want around. And he's kind of sweet and naive in his arrogance. Like, he's not arrogant for the sake of being arrogant. He just knows he's smart. Yeah, it's not like um, Victor Von Doom kind of Yeah, exactly, which was interesting. Like, I feel like there's all this really meaty, emotional, interpersonal stuff in the movie that just, like, they picked up and then dropped. Like, they would sort of hint at it and comment on it and then it would just be dropped so like reed and and victor are obviously parallels Mm. they're both in love with sue kill me um they're both like arrogant they're both smart they're both kind of socially awkward um and so they they even think the same way Mm -hmm. neither of them has any impulse control um (laughs) like Ben seems to serve almost entirely as as Reed's in- impulse control, and even then, most of the time, he's just like, "Yeah, do whatever." Yeah, uh, I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, so they seem to be kind of building that up. But the thing is, all of the kind of interpersonal human stuff that's built up in the first hour goes nowhere, and then they go, they go and get their powers, which isn't a terrible sequence, but it is in terms of science. <laughs> So their basic, their whole thing is like the the NASA's going to bring in some astronauts to go on their mission instead of them. So they get drunk and go, no, we're going to go first. And then Reed calls Ben. Nobody calls Sue to come along, who's yeah, been working who's on been it with part them. of this the whole time. Nobody gives bothers to give her a call, not even her brother. And then they call Ben. Ben comes in and they go off to this like alternate dimension drunk. They're drunk and they go to the alternate dimension and nobody's there like on this major scientific mm. um, discovery and they just poke to stop at them. things. They yep. don't even do – like they, they, they want to plant a flag. Okay, fair enough. And they plant a flag and then they see some green stuff and they're like, oh, green stuff. So let's go look at the green stuff. Yeah. They don't – there's no um, no method, no nothing methodical about it. Just, oh, I'm going to poke while, at this. A little while Reed's holding a readout thing that's recording yeah. stuff. And Victor's just poking at stuff. And poor Ben's getting dragged into the whole thing. Even Johnny's like, um, no, I'm not going down there. No, but that's the thing is Johnny is set up as this daredevil and then for some reason is the voice of reason on this alternate dimension. Mm. And Ben just kind of goes, yeah, okay. 
until yeah, the last minute. Weird. And then he suddenly goes, I think we should go back, but there's no kind of reason for that. It's just so that somebody can say, I think we should go back before the yeah, bad well, thing Yeah, he keeps happens. saying, I think we should go back, and yet he straps on the carabiner and climbs down the hill. Like, if he were really serious about that, he would have stayed at the top and been the anchor. Uh, but yeah, but Johnny is supposed to be the Michelangelo No, of the he team. says, we'll go quickly and then we'll come back. Right. But yeah. he, he's like... But yeah, Johnny's set up as sorry, based on our Ninja Turtles conversation before as the Michelangelo of the team. He's supposed oh, to be yeah. a bit of a daredevil and like a bit out there. But yeah, that's it's completely against his character there, especially when we've seen him before street racing, and then we see him afterwards trying to beat records and fly higher and faster. So and Ben is the Raphael because he's the angsty one. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah exactly. And, he's he's the one who's like the daredevil. Then they get to this alternate dimension, and he's like, "No, I'm not going down there." He'd be the first guy down there. Yeah. Exactly. Based on his character. Yeah. So let's just poke at this, to- and and he seemed of all of them, he's the only one who's being scientific about it. He's the one who's saying, "Um, maybe we should take this slow." Whereas the not two really. scientists, he, just he seems scared to go down. The, there. Yeah. And the two scientists, are like, I'm going to poke at things. Yeah. It's it's just not. It's frustrating. <laughs> It's just yeah. frustrating. But then, so they get their powers, they come back, and then Sue just kind of gets caught in the blast. Yeah. Which is horrible and a terrible way to treat her character. Um, She gets no actual characterization either. And it's a shame because Kate Mara is really trying. Mm. There's also terrible continuity with her hair. Yes, it's all over the place. Um, I think, just c- coming back to what you were saying about the human moments that get left, to me, though, were the best, some of the best bits. Yeah. Some of the best bits are, like, they start to explore – um. Well, they, they explore the family relationship of all the storms. They explore, they start to explore uh, some interesting stuff about like ability and disability, like talking about uh, wanting to reverse their, what's happened to them rather than use their powers and all that kind of stuff. That's really interesting, meaty stories. And it's the kind of stuff that superhero movies should be about, exploring real issues through like something that's fa- fantastic like that. And it just, they just don't go anywhere with it. They start, right. they mildly touch on some things. And then they just kind of leave it there. And all the all the really best bits of the movie are all, like, not in the script. Yeah. So there's a bit where there's stuff from the trailer where uh, Michael B. Jordan and um, Victor Von Doom are sitting on chairs at different heights and trying to move up and down. There's a bit where Michael B. Jordan and Miles Teller uh, one high fives, one fist bumps, and they mess it up. That's cute. Michael There's B. Jordan goes for the fist bump, and and yeah, Reed kind of turns around and he like high fives awkwardly and, and pats his hand, yeah. and he's just kind of like, adorable. What are you doing? But and there's another bit where um, their Miles friendship Teller, is really cute and yeah. not explored either. Yeah, in, they yeah they have a great relationship. And but there's another bit where um, Miles Teller let, is letting um, is letting Jamie Bell's character into the building to go on the drunken escapade, and he comes through and he's got this massive smile on his face, and you know he's really drunk and you know he's being silly, and that's a gorgeous moment too, because it's then that's all that's all acting choices or directing mm. choices. None of that is from the terrible, execrable piece of shit script. And then, but that it feels like they're like the script wasn't what actually got filmed. Like somehow, mm. some somewhere between the script and the movie, everything kind of fell apart. Fell apart. Yeah, um, maybe they were. To, uh, yeah, the was, lines about it almost to. had a. Yeah, well, that's it. Like it had a feeling of um, that that almost like we need to do this and we need to get here. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, we've had a change of script overnight. Just say this cliched line here. Like yeah. improvise your line. There's so much ADR. Yeah, that like, too. There's so much where people are walking off, walking away from the scene, and they'll say a line off camera that mm. sets up for the next bit because it clearly wasn't in the original mm. like scene. There's a lot of that. Yeah. And then the final fight has just the worst dialogue you've ever heard. There's a point at which oh, so bad. Victor Von Doom says, there is no Victor, there is only Doom. Yeah. It's, 
it's it makes no sense. It makes no sense. It's like Ben going, there is no Ben, only Grim, which is at least appropriate for the movie's kind of feel. Yeah. Super Grim. It's Grim with an extra M. Yeah. They, oh my God, that'd be Grim Salvage at the yeah. beginning. You're like, yeah, that's pretty much what this is. Yeah. It's Grim and it's salvage from the remains of 10,000 other reheated leftovers of superhero movies. And it's a movie that's been made just so that they can keep the rights to the property but it feels like there were people who wanted to make something good who were in the mix here but and not getting hurt. Exactly. They it, Yeah, that's it. They, they made something like – Spider-Man suffered a similar fate and it got remade. But when it got remade, it got remade with a little bit of care. Like it's not – that's not very good either. But like it's the same kind of thing. They just – they've just made a movie by – which is exactly my, my criticism when the Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man movies came out. They're just movies by committee. Mm. They're really, really not – not soulless. well done. Yeah, they're completely soulless, completely boring. They don't make any take any advantage of the good creative talent they've got on them. But there's all this kind of there's all this meaty emotional stuff in mm. this. Like the the friendship between Ben and and Reed gets strained, but kind of for the wrong reasons. There's a point at which Ben is like, "You turned me into this," and I was like, "No, dude, you showed up when he was drunk, and you went, yeah, 'Yeah, I'll go in this pod with you when he's clearly drunk.' Instead of going, hmm, maybe we should do this tomorrow morning. Like, yeah, he makes his own choice. Nobody's forcing him to do this. Yeah, he does. I mean, I guess the idea is that you know he's supposed to be the hard done by kid and they just he give him is, a chip on his shoulder it's sad that what happens to ben right but yeah. like from what i can remember ben grim in other in other adaptations is like upset about what happens to him cuz it's wor- the worst what happens to mm. him he gets mm-hmm. the worst of it right he is a big yep. rock monster with no pants in this movie for some reason mm. he's walking around naked all the time but it's okay because he's like a Ken doll down there. <laughs> There's just rocks down there. But, you know, at least in the other ones he gets pants. Anyway, <laughs> he, but he's like, <laughs> it is the worst what happens to him. But he immediately makes a deal with the government. They're like, oh, you know, um, Reed left and he's not coming back. And he goes, okay, he's clearly not coming back. In spite of any evidence to the contrary, up until that point in his life, he just kind of gives up on him. Right. And Reed, like, he's he knows Reed was climbing through the building and his immediate... Like when Reed escapes, his immediate thing is to believe what Tim Blake Nelson's creepy government agent tells him as well. And clearly, you like, can't trust Tim Blake Nelson. You know, have you seen his face? Like, if you've ever met Reed before, and these are guys who have allegedly been friends since fifth grade, which they is apparently each other little selfies. Like, yeah, they <laughs> are clearly good friends. If you're, if you knew Reed, you would understand why he was escaping. Why yeah. he didn't want to be held in a secure facility. Like, but it's not just that he's the only person who can get out and then try to help. Because yeah. he's got the stretchy powers. Yeah. Well, like, I guess Sue could have got out as well, but she just chose not to. But, yeah. Sue can't at that point. She's She can't control her. Right. She's still, she's right. still got her So, at the, at the very point, beginning, yeah. the only person who can sort of control it is Reed. So, right? he's the only one who's able to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, the, logically, you would assume, oh, my friend got out and is going to try and come back and save me. And instead of and doing that. And that's completely that, consistent with his character. Right. And instead of doing that, everybody just immediately falls for the government line. And then we skip a year. Yeah. We miss all of the good stuff. All of the tr- – no training montage. No. We just suddenly see them with their powers totally a little, in control. A little bit of training montage, but not not nearly enough to, for it to be fun. There's a weird thing where they're like – Sue has to hold her breath to keep the force field, but then later on they just completely dispense with that. Oh, well, they they kind of – yeah, like it's, it's clearly they – 
she can't be holding her breath for as long as they have her, her in the force field. No, she but then talks she lands while she's in it later. And she, yeah, and she, but also they have her land and go, huh, when yeah. she gets out of it, even though she's yeah, been talking and whatever else in there. No, no, because that's at the be- so at the beginning of it, she's been holding her breath while she's in them. Yeah, and right? then later but on then, she's not. Yeah, when but they still at the end have her land and, and be like catching her breath. Oh yeah, in in her it's inconsistent <laughs> because she she's also talking in there. You but- cannot come and go by bubble. Yes, <laughs> you make that comment because because Johnny flies into their new headquarters and then the others are coming by bubble is what you said i love that, that yeah great. well that's you know how they travel and she's the only one who can fly the other two so they have to yeah they have bubble. to go in the force field hamster although ball. from the trailer the, the last most recent of which was only a few weeks ago there there was a scene in the trailer where ben jumps from a plane at in his grim you know rock monster stuff and but then like but that's the only that's, way he is at that yeah point. that is just ben. but i mean if he's jumped from a plane though like surely he's got some like how is he able to do that and not die but then he can't like he can't fly but no then- no no he he's he's just kind of he's essentially just un, uh, um it's kind of like when, when, when captain america jumps out of planes without parachutes he just yeah. kind of he's he's yeah. he's impervious he's a rock basically there's no like he can't, he can't be, be hurt. Anyway, but not that that was in the movie. And that's the strange bit because it was in a trailer that was only re-edited a few weeks ago. Right. Just everything about this movie has just been not good. No. It, and it's, it's kind of – but it is like – I think it's even more disappointing just because you can see in the first hour these kind of good bits and glimmers mm. of hope and you like the people and it looks kind of nice for the first hour too. Yep. And then the last bit looks terrible. All of their powers look bad. All of them. The thing looks bad. There's no kind of like because you're supposed to be able to see his eyes, and you don't see so his can, eyes. Not because no. that was that's and one he's of the always few... cast in darkness because they know it's a bad. Yeah, like, and one of the few things I do remember from the ten years ago Fantastic Four is Michael Chiklis's eyes mm. in the thing outfit. Like he was incredibly humanizing for that character, right? And Jamie Bell's a good actor, but you just yeah, can't, he there's just no has Jamie Bell in. That he's thing. essentially got nothing. Nothing to do right after that. Reed's powers look terrible. Oh my god! Like terrible. They uh-huh. could not look worse. It looks like ten years ago special effects. Mm. Really bad. Uh, Sue's powers are fine, but they're just like glowy blue light. And Johnny looks terrible when he's on fire. Oh yeah, and, it, and it, they I keep swear it on it was fire too often. Yeah, probably. And there's also no cute scenes where he burns his shirt off. <laughs> like we never rude. get to see him shirtless. Rude. We have to see Reed shirtless, but we never get to see Johnny shirtless. And when we see Reed shirtless, he's all bendy, so it's not yeah. exactly sexy. And yeah, exactly. And what is Johnny Storm if not the hot young male star of this thing? Yeah, mm. I know. It's yeah, but I yeah. Mean, maybe they thought the movie was too long, so they cut all the good bits. Well, that's the thing is clearly there was a longer cut of this, but they. And there was some the, the the way they cut the first part was good. It feels like sometimes when I edit this podcast and I am running late and it's Tuesday night, I'm really good at editing the first half. And then when I get to about twenty minutes, I'm just like, oh my god, get to the end. And I just start like cutting things and shoving it all together and being that's fine, that'll do. Like it really feels like they rushed their homework. Like they they were able to start out doing some interesting things and then they never that never come to fruition. Yeah, I'm actually now reminded of Ant Man. 
there you go. This and Ant Man have a fairly similar kind, seem to have a fairly similar uh, trajectory. Except Josh Trank didn't actually get to quit this. Yeah, no. I'm sure he would have liked well, to. It seems like he would have liked to. Um, yeah, it it really. Although maybe like all that. the changes came after, but apparently he was drunk every day on set. So, well, that's interesting. That's a very interesting story. I haven't heard that one. <laughs> It seems like he wasn't very happy even when he was on the set. There's a lot of stories this, from this coming out from this movie. This is just the definition of troubled production. Yeah, movie. it is. And so bad. And the thing is, it just it does seem like they just don't want it to be out there. Everybody's just sort of like, please, please don't see this movie. And it was so buried as well. Like, we didn't get a lot of – there weren't a lot of pictures. There was one trailer. It even, it even had its release date pushed back. Like, only a few months ago, I was locking in the calendar for episodes. And I locked this in back in July, but it's got pushed back four weeks or so. I, did, I guess not so it doesn't compete, didn't compete with Ant-Man directly. I don't know why, but it kept, it kept, it's – and this wasn't it wasn't the first pushback, I don't think. I think it's been pushed back a couple of times. And it couldn't decide on what its title was. I've seen it written both as Fantastic and Fantastic Four. Oh, right. Yeah. It just can't seem to decide what well, it's doing. Well, I think that was just a poster, a bit of poster art. But No, but, that, like, but if they're going to do that, they do that. At the end, and at the end of the film, they write Fantastic Four, F-O-U-R, not with a four, which yeah. is what was weird about the poster. But At the end just, of the movie, when when reads when they're trying to come up with a name, and my favorite thing was when he goes, uh, what is it, the human torch and the torchettes? Yeah. I liked that. That was great. Yeah. But it was still, that whole scene was terrible cheesy. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, and the, when he says it's clobbering time was so oh, shoehorned so in cheesy. and forced. And it, like all of the whole cinema around us started laughing at that. It was just like, really? <laughs> yeah, we were laughing at a lot of bits, but everybody laughed at that bit. Yeah. Nobody was kind of. Nobody seemed impressed by it. No. And, and, and we, there were so many kids when we saw this movie yeah. too. I, I know Fantastic Four is kind of a kid-friendly thing but didn't people look at the trailer or the mm, like stills this a, for this and go maybe not this one it's dark looking and i'm like i get that there are a lot of movies that rate m you know 15 but um it just doesn't it i, I don't know how this would have appealed to kids i mean there are there would have been a way we were talking about this before the movie to make a fantastic four that appeals to kids but and i think the 2005 one was an attempt at that because that was quite light and mm. bright and that was this this seemed to be filmed mostly in the dark. There yeah. are very few scenes in daylight, and um, it's very washed out looking. Too. Mm, yeah, very teal and orange everywhere. Yes, it's it's that's this is the whole problem with this movie. It's just like cobbled together bits of other movies. Yeah, I don't, warm music. Yeah, it just there's nothing warm. <laughs> um, there's just nothing new or interesting about it, and in a in such a saturated market of superhero movies. Yeah. If you're going to bring one out, make it worth our while. At least it'll be memorable for being like the most boring bad one for a while. Yeah, well, I mean, this and Ant-Man are probably at the sort of what we recognise as the turning point when people stopped, you know, the peak superhero type thing. No, too many people love Ant-Man. A lot of people really love Ant-Man. Right. <laughs> I'm definitely uh, in the minority on my dislike of Ant-Man. Oh, um, okay. I Yeah, I've only ever, only heard bad things about it, but I, I guess I spend a lot of time with like in fandom rather than like in sort of more general movie people. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like I'm probably going to give a similar mark to this in Ant-Man. Mm. Ant-Man was probably a better movie, but I was more disappointed by it because I had better yeah, expectations yeah. of Marvel, whereas I had such low expectations going into this that I was kind of like, oh, but Reed is charming and he's cute. And, and they, they actually have all have a really good chemistry, the actors. Yep, yep. They just don't use it for anything. 
Mm. And like, I can kind of see, because I've seen Chronicle, I don't think you have. <laughs> nope. Um, it should. It's good. Um, so it, that's Josh Trank's first indie superhero movie. Yeah. Oh, here's, here we go with yet another one of these um, hot young white guy makes a cool indie film and to is thrown fair, onto a $100 million superhero flick. To be fair, Chronicle is a superhero movie. So at yeah, least yeah. if he was in the right area, mm. Safety Not Guaranteed, which was Colin Trevorrow's first yeah, movie, was, was a comedy with no. some sci-fi elements. Yeah, he got in because Brad Bird likes him. Yeah, but I mean, it's at still least one of those. Josh Trank made his own his own yeah, superhero but, movie for a low budget yes, that was interesting. But we're still going from someone who is an indie darling, low budget, to and throwing them straight into a hundred million dollar movie, and in a hundred million dollar movie from. That is has got all kinds of other things going on. The, the the movie by committee stuff that we've got to make this to keep the rights. People way 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 more powerful than him calling so many of the shots on it. Oh yeah, he was in over his head. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not necessarily the most sensible um, way to go. Yeah, no, I, he's not a bad filmmaker. And Chronicle was very very well reviewed. It's good. Yeah, uh, it's got Dane DeHaan, Michael B. Jordan, and another guy in it. And uh, Dane DeHaan is really that's like his breakout role. Mm. And he, but, but the thing is, Chronicle is like an anti-superhero movie. So, yeah. and, and Dane DeHaan's character is basically the villain of the piece, as well as being one of the three heroes at mm. the start. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting, and it's well made, and it's got a lot of that kind of deeper emotional thing. They're really good friends, and this guy starts getting out of hand, and the other guys are like, we don't know what to do with him. Um, it's really interesting, and it's it's all of that meaty stuff that was kind of brought up and then dropped in. The so strength of this movie, really. Yeah. So I can see... The Josh Trank influences in it, mm. but then the the because it was a big budget movie and it, I think maybe his was way too dark, mm. and they sort of went, nope, we got to cut all of that dark stuff out, and we'll just keep in the good stuff. But then it doesn't; it's totally, completely oh, d- um, inconsistent. Yes, and and it just m- makes it all like it, rem- it makes it entirely surface level. It do- just doesn't yeah. give anything to and it. And there's no kind of momentum to the action scenes; they're so like mm. damp. And boring and... Well, yeah, like you just... And a lot of stuff, like a lot of Ben's stuff is you see video footage of Ben fighting things. Yeah. And, and even when he goes to get There's like Reed, this massive kill count. He's killed like 45 people in one and, scene. And there's and no... Like, Meh. And he's just... He's looking at that and you can tell maybe he's thinking something, but then they just kind of go, you know, skate on past it. But even like when he goes to pick up Reed and there was an opportunity there to show off their powers in a fight scene in the forest and it, it's all over and done with before in three seconds that's because yeah. the powers looked bad yeah that's why they they had to get it over and done with fast because they couldn't be like look how terrible this movie looks mm. they had to just kind of yeah know, get and the, the, and the strengths were the actors when they're not in costume well, then when they're not you know in in the, when they're not powered up and so uh, so we get like a, an action movie with almost no action yeah and they keep getting rid of characters for a long period of time. Yeah, too. well, the, the whole yeah, Doom. There's no Doom, but Ben gets get Ben's gotten yeah. rid of for a whole bunch of the movie yep, as yep. well. Like it's it's so. I mean, I swear, um, the Storm's dad gets more lines than Sue or Johnny or Ben. Mm. Like I think he's in it more than any of those three are. Mm. I think the only person who does well out of the four is Reed, and they yeah, you know. They did cast a good actor as him. I liked him a lot, but yeah, and like, and do something with the other guys. It's right, Fantastic Four, not one fa- Fantastic One, and some other. Yeah, things. and and Kate Mara and Michael B. Jordan are really good, and there's some interesting stuff in there about their sibling relationship as well, which is also not really explored a little bit. And then, but but it's Jamie explained Bell rather than explored. Yeah, ja- and Jamie Bell is a really good actor for the you know five minutes we can actually see him. <laughs> He's in it. 
more well, than that, but he yeah. doesn't get anything to it's do nothing. when he is in it. Like the kid version of him got more to do. Mm-hmm. The kid versions, by the way, are both not very good. I don't. Think- no, well that whole that whole scene at the front with with like Dan Castellaneta as the terrible teacher, <laughs> and like you, you're just like no. That's as if any real teacher would be like that. The one, by the way, set in 2007. Which yeah, is I know. So depressing. Right. You got, yeah. As, but like, I'm not buying that these guys are 22 now. It just. Mm. They are 22 now. Are they? I was, I swear, Kate Mara's old. Like Kate Mara is older. But I'm fairly certain that Miles Teller can't be more than, well, I mean, maybe not 22, but I don't think he's more than 25. Yeah. Uh, okay. They, they're young. He just, yeah, he seems older. I'm, I'm just I'll look then him again. Up. Jamie Bell's been playing young for like sixty years, so <laughs> he was a teenager when we saw him first, and now he's still playing teenagers. <laughs> yeah, like none of them, because he none was of in them Snowpiercer as a teenager. Yeah, none of them like, look like teenagers. Like, well, so actually, no, they're meant to be in fifth grade in two thousand and seven, which makes them like nineteen seven years later. Wait, is that right? Yes, that's about right. No, be eleven. What would be eleven in fifth grade? So they'd be like they're supposed to be like eighteen when it's seven years later, and then there's like this period where you don't know how much time has passed when he's studying at the Baxter Institute. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know exactly, but I I know that they are. Miles Teller is twenty eight. Really, I didn't know that. Kate Mara is older than you. And yeah, I knew she was older. How old is Rooney Mara? Michael B. Jordan's the same age as um as as Miles Teller. I'm on the Fantastic Four page. I can't tell you. Um, <laughs> and and also I have to find out Jamie Bell. Well, let's see. When did uh, Billy? Jamie Elliot come Bell's out? about a year older than than the other two boys, so he's he's twenty nine. The two other guys are twenty eight. Okay. Kate Myers thirty two. Anyway, I was wrong. I really yeah, thought, I did not. I genuinely buy. thought Miles Teller was a lot younger than that. I yeah, I was not buying them being in, still in middle school in in two thousand and seven. Like they, that, that that was even that that is not hard to fix. You just put a different date on it. Yeah, I know, I know. It's not. It doesn't work. No. It really doesn't work. And to see that come up as 2007, you're like, really? Yeah. It's not just, even 10 years ago. And also, yeah. it's not even 10 years ago and this teacher's getting away with stuff that you see teachers doing in, like, the 80s. Well, he's getting away with stuff that, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't – like, it just wouldn't happen. Like, no teacher in 2007 is, is going to stop a kid dreaming of of trying a new career. Like, that's just well, ridiculous. But that's the thing is that he goes, oh, it was – the assignment was to, to do a real career, so I'll just give you time to do another one instead of saying, well, that's great. How about you look into being a scientist? Yeah, or, be, like, or going working for the, NASA or like – The logical thing to do is to just encourage him. Yeah, it was stupid. And as well, he's a fifth, it's supposed to be a fifth grader. You don't just say that to a, an 11-year-old. You need to actually tell them what they've done wrong and how to fix it. Like, Yeah, you, you just say, yeah, okay, like, that's not quite what the assignment was. I'm going to give you time. you just got to find out yeah, what so being the whole a scientist thing gets or being off. an astronaut or whatever. It gets off to a bad start because you're like, no and teacher is ever going to treat an 11-year-old like that. But then they get disqualified from the science fair for doing good science. <laughs> well, but kind of, but there's no – well, what they do is like they make something disappear and then they make something come back. There's no – they don't go but through any kind of – But it's changed when it comes back. Yeah, but they it's don't very, go through any – like they, they don't – they do – 
they they just want to show you the trick. They don't actually go go through methodically. This was our theory. This was what. Yeah, we, but that's the science yeah. of this movie. You can't really blame that on them in this movie. Mm. My, I mean, even if that is the case, the teacher should have then gone. Where's the science yeah, for it? So Not you're disqualified no. because you did he, a no, magic no. trick. Dan Castellaneta is a terrible, terrible teacher. But there's also but there's two other teachers there <laughs> who would just who get no line. Yeah. So they're just like whatever, and they keep going, even though these yeah. kids have clearly done very good science. And it, and it all just gets off to. A, but and then calls it, the kid calls. Miles Teller a dick, which is kind of ironic right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. But then like Reggie, Kathy and um and Kate Mara show up and like they're they're like, This was great kid. We'd like to offer you a scholarship. Like nothing. No A scholarship to where? To what? For what? <laughs> no setup, no nothing. And then you suddenly see him and Ben walking and you're like, Why is Ben here? And then oh God. It's and just... then Ben's just there to carry his bags for him. Yeah, and then he has to go back to the like the sa- the, the groom salvage yard that he comes from. Like where, where, by the way, his teenage brother beat, like, this was when they were little. Oh, yeah, his no, teenage like brother beats beat. him up by saying, it's clobbering time. And then later on, Ben <laughs> adopts that as his, who does that? Why would you do that? I don't know. Firstly, it's a terrible, stupid thing to say in the first place. And then he decides to use it when he's beating up other people. Yeah, I know. Great. There was just, it was not as bad as we were fearing, but it was still really bad. The thing is, when Especially I was when she started to it, pull it apart. When I was watching it, I was kind of like, there were things that the characters did that I giggled at and I, I just kept thinking they're really sweet. But they, all of that stuff, almost all of it, was acting choice and directing choice yeah. for those four. There seemed to be the acting choice and directing choice for the older actors was all like, do nothing, give me no facial expression. Yeah. But the, but the younger kids, like or the younger ones, they Give me were, less, give me less. That's yeah. too much, give me less. But they were able to, were allowed to be charming and to put a little bit of personality into them and that they were the standout bits. Yeah, we can wrap this up now. Okay, cool. We did most talking not about the movie so much as around the movie because there's not that much to say because it's boring for long chunks of it. Yeah, just the science montage was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, look, it's us doing science. We write on boards. We do some welding. Who hasn't done? I'm going to type fast at a computer. Things are going to appear on the screen and go ping. And then sometimes we get sushi. Yeah, (laughs) and laugh. Oh my god! In the middle of the science montage. Yeah, there was part of our science. There's a reason I didn't put the spoiler in the lab. on this. They're eating in the lab, by the way, which you're not allowed to do. Which is gross and weird. Yeah, there's a reason I didn't put the spoiler warning on this movie. I, was, I don't think anyone listening to it is going – I think you could listen to this and still go and watch the movie and it's not a spoiler. Like, Well, no, because so there's boring. not a single moment in this movie that you can't predict from the outset. Mm. Except for maybe when Ben takes the deal to work for the government five minutes after his friend has left. Yeah. That's about the only thing, and that's only because it's so wildly out of character. Mm. Just so out of character. This is the guy who his friend called him at like four in the morning. By the way, it's the middle of the night. Why is Sue still at work? Well, it seems like they are. They just work 24-7 because they're so dedicated to science. But then why aren't any more people working in the lab where this thing is? Well, other people are in the library with Sue, though. Yeah, I know. There's nobody else in the lab except them, but then there's people working. Sue's the only person who notices that the quantum whatever thingamajiggy is going. No, so much convenient, so many convenient little things that happen in there. There's other things that I specifically remember as well. Moments where I was like, how did that happen? What's going on? Where it's very confusing. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So, let's do um, ratings. Yep. Okay. Um, what are you giving it? I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm wavering between one and two. Well, that's the thing is that like, because the first hour kind of, 
I feel like maybe I if can... I could watch just the first hour, it would have been probably like a two and a half, mm. and then the last hour is the last like half hour is like a zero. Yeah, I feel like I probably want to give it a two overall because it wasn't as terrible as I was expecting. But then yeah, but I gave like, Ant Man two. <laughs> yeah, so. well, I gave that three, so I think or two and a half, so. Um, it's going to be odd if I give Fantastic Four the same thing I gave Ant-Man. Mm. But Ant-Man disappointed me so much. And this one, I had such low expectations going in. I was like, yeah, it's all right. Mm. I don't know. I'll give it one and a half. Okay, one and a half from you, two from me. That makes sense. Okay, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to read our show notes or find old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. Um, if you want to read Katie's review of Fantastic Four or any of the other movies she has been watching, they're on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. You can find us on Facebook to search for Silver Screen Queens. You can find us on Twitter at screen underscore queens and on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. And if you give us a review on iTunes, we will watch any movie that you want us to watch. Nobody's taken us up on that yet. So you could be the first one. Thank you very much. Bye.